Thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us. Okay, because we Thank now have much. just 30 minutes, I'll just go straight into it because we have limited time. Um, but, you know, talking about okay. all the challenges we've had with technology, I know that one of the messages you released lately after COVID was gratitude, one of your homilies, I think, was gratitude to God for technology. And the idea that even if, um, even if we, couldn't, we cannot be physically in church for mass or for messages or for, you know, typical church, that we can even still spread the word and be in community as Christians at a time like this. Um, can, you tell, can, you, can, you, can you share more on that, the things that have come to you since we've been locked at home for COVID? How have you seen the way that Christians, especially Catholics, have been engaging, have been worshipping, have been praying, have been listening to messages, have been serving God, so to speak? How have you seen that since COVID started? Um, yeah, I guess the backdrop of those who have been mourning that church, our churches have been closed, have uh, mm. been uh, at the forefront with other like-minded people trying to disabuse their mind that uh, it's not the end of church. In fact, yeah, we've got some anecdotes like it is not the church that is closed. It is the building. The church mm. is you. And, mm. you know, and so, so this time people have been also uh, meant to understand that God is everywhere. He said, where two or three gather in my name? Mm -hmm. I'm there in their midst. At least that's a universal gathering. It doesn't matter where, whether it's in the market or in the house or in the public church building. So um, mm -hmm. we try to let mm -hmm. people know that they, they didn't have to, you know, panic and be, begin mm -hmm. to uh, think that uh, God is locked up in the church. And they are locked up in their houses, so there is no contact, mm. there is no more relationship, no. And then mm. secondly, uh, um, uh, technology has also helped. You can see that a whole lot of messages have flooded um, the internet space. You know, more priests, more pastors who heathen uh, do never even thought about using technology. There were lots of people now who have made use of uh, technology, especially us in the Catholic Church. You know, we are very slow in yes. things like that, you know. Uh, but you can yes. see that a whole lot. So I saw this funny cartoon on Facebook. Somebody drew a picture of Jesus and the devil. And the devil was taunting Jesus that your churches are locked and you are losing members. Jesus said to him, no, I'm not losing members. I have opened more churches in homes and families than before. You know? So that's somebody's way of you know, putting the message across yeah. that, no, yeah. uh, the church is not locked. It's the buildings that yes. were locked. Fantastic. That even leads me to one of the questions I wanted to ask, which is, the Catholic Church is typically conservative for good reason. Institutions that endure for thousands of hundreds of years at least, or thousands of years, are often those that have strong processes. And before you change some of those enduring processes, you have to have a process to change the process. However, you have been one of those who has been um, um, progressive in terms of adopting technology. You've been on social media, you've been active on social media, you've understood podcasts, you've understood some of these things for a long time. What do you think is the thing that made you understand and break out of those norms, you know, a bit quicker than the typical uh, uh, priest that we know? Institutionally, the church... Mm -hmm. Right from, I don't know if you guys know about Vatican II Council documents. Yes, yes, um, yes. Uh, that were released in the 60s. 
Yeah, it's already what the church actually gives to priests is guidelines on how to use technologies. Mm. Not really like the church bans or, or, or discourages us. The, the Catholic Church guides the priests so that, you know, every good thing is susceptible to abuse and to wrong mm. you. So, just mm. that individually as priests, as Catholic mm. clergy, uh, maybe we lack that um, uh, we lack that motivation or that uh, flair. Or we don't see the need for that. So it usually looks strange when one priest or two priests, you know, venture into such area as if the entire church, you know, has yeah. been, um, you know, not at all. The church only ha only gives a guideline, and I can assure you that. Uh, the church is not um, is not conservative per se. Evangelization is just to guide. So yeah, up up on all all the way down to the sixties, the church has a document mm -hmm. that encourages. You know, we call mm -hmm. it a social um, social communication. Of course, right. social media is a recent. Um, is a recent but do you get into any trouble? Do you get because we also know that it's a very hierarchical it's a very hierarchical um, uh, institution, um, and sometimes the reason why people are so cautious is because when the, when an institution is so hierarchical, you want to be sure that you are not running foul of a particular rule. Have you fallen into any trouble for being one of the more progressive adapters of these new things, even though they are guides, but mostly people don't follow, people have, so yes, I, I understand what you're saying about it. it's mostly guides and it's left to the individual priests, you know, to kind of decide how to use that guide. But don't you get into, do you get into any trouble, one, for rapid adoption of these technologies? And two, some of your messages, you know, I mean, the reason why you bust forth out of the typical just being a priest listening to by Catholic congregants. A lot of people in Pentecostal churches, Anglican churches listen to you. So, one, do you get into any trouble for being a fast adopter of these technologies and engaging with audiences the way you have? And two, do you get into any trouble for some of the more dangerous messages, in quotes, dangerous, that you share with the public? Well, um, so far, uh, by God's grace, I've not got into any trouble, but I've had um, very fierce criticisms, you know, for venturing into, call it media evangelization. And I want to be grateful to uh, my um, emeritus, John Cardinal Nikon. <clears throat> oh, without him, many of us in Abuja Diocese, we probably wouldn't have come this far because right now, if you check very well, I'm not the only one. A horde of Abuja priests and others are coming. Now, I remember when I started newly, when I ventured mm -hmm. into television, uh, mm -hmm. somebody sent a very long text message to my bishop. Okay. John and right. he said, what is this young priest doing? He's jumping about on the television. He's looking for fame. He's looking for money. This is yes. not the Catholic Church. This is yes. not what we are used to and all of that, you know? Mm -hmm. And the poor Catholic anyway thought he was, you know, defending the church and stuff. The church, yes. You know, he had this pious, um, grievous or annoyance against this Cali priest who just started appearing on the television and mm -hmm. all of that, you know? Um, sometimes our prejudices and mm -hmm. our uh, ideas aren't the official church mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. That's why we need 
pick further than we imagine. Mm-hmm. So, but the good cardinal that he is, he called me mm-hmm. and he showed me the text, you know, and he told <laughs> me the reason is to let me know that people are watching us careful that there is nothing wrong in spreading mm-hmm. the gospel through television mm-hmm. as far as getting the right content, you know. And mm-hmm. he gave me money because it is a, a lot of money to show. Addition to that, he gave me money, you know. That was for me like I am not looking back anymore. That was for me. That was like I'm not yes, looking back anymore. Yes. Honest with you, if my bishop then didn't support it, I would have put down. He would have killed my passion and my flesh. So thank God that he understood. And anybody who knows John Cardinal will tell you he's a father. He's a father, you know. So he told yes. me this. And in gatherings, in gatherings too, I've got fears and I may call it unfair criticism, but you know, it's not a it's not a deal because that's what you actually mm-hmm. get when you're venturing into uncharted uh, territories, you know. You have to face stuff like mm-hmm. that. So mm-hmm. that is how on the messages I preach, you know, honestly, when I'm preaching those messages, yes. I preach it to my people. I am, I have no, um, I have no, uh, I don't know whether I don't sit down and plan to preach controversial message. I just preach the truth. Maybe like I was saying, uh, sometimes I say what people shy away from saying, but they are the truth that has to be said. Mm. And this, I think it's mm. not saying today. Maybe it's because people started hearing me today now. What I'm saying today mm. is basically things mm. I have said before. It's just that, you know, with experience, you get more polish, you get more illustrations and stuff like that. So, mm. yeah, I've got trouble and I've got into my maybe fierce criticism. Some people don't agree with you. Some people can, you know, you know use their insults and their derogatory mm. words. Mm. But I have to accept it with a candor. Mm. It's in a good spirit because that's part of mm. it. You cannot speak the truth and not fit position. We are even lucky these days that um, they are not even arresting us and putting us in a uh, tying mm. us on the you know for preaching mm. the gospel. Fantastic. I love that. I'm going to come into some of the messages. Um now one of your messages that I loved and listened to was about nothing can separate us from the love of God. Yeah. And you know, typically when we talk about when we talk about the idea of God's radical love, in Christianity, at least, they think that God's radical love, one of the, one gospel artist in the States calls it a reckless love, so to speak. They think that God is this forgiving, and, you know, whose love, forgiving father, whose love is encompassing. When we begin to teach that, when we begin to hear that message from the pulpit, people get very uncomfortable. And especially if it, if it comes from a Pentecostal pulpit, people are like, okay, yeah, these Pentecostals, you know, they break the rules once in a while. They are very, you know, indisciplinary Pentecostals. So, um, but when it comes from a Catholic priest, especially in a place where they are deep, you know, deep theological writings about the reality of heaven and hell and all of that, People begin to be worried a bit that, eh, Father, are you permitting people to sin? When you teach them too much love, you know, does it begin to make them think that they don't need to follow the commandments and the word of God? What do you say to people who say that preaching about nothing can separate us from the love of God is a very dangerous one? Yeah, I have said it before. If you understand God's love 
for mm. you mm. you you must you must you must confront the danger of thinking that it is um it is it is a permiss in fact if you understand God, the immensity of god's love there is that danger of thinking uh, that um you know or somebody might think when you talk about it that you are again that it's a free for all and thing. You know, I'm just struggling for ways. Mm -hmm. We haven't even adjusted the depth of God's love. So, um, when I teach about God's love, I tell my people that when you understand God's love for you, you will mm -hmm. be able to tell another person and say, God loves me more than you. Mm -hmm. And if that person understands God's love, the person will also tell you. God loves me more than you. That means if all of us understand God's love for us, all of us will tell each other God loves me more than you. Then in that case now, who does God love more than the other person? It is just mm. a depth of understanding of divine mm. love for all of us. We understand. If you go to the yes. gospel, uh, there are four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The gospel of John is the only gospel where... The Gospel of John is the only gospel where one of the disciples calls himself the disciple whom Jesus loved. And that loved. is the writer of the... Yes. That is John the Evangelist. He understood the depth of God's love. So he couldn't but refer to himself as the disciple whom the Lord loves. It's like other disciples yes. to also refer to them like that, you know. So there is this danger, yes. uh, you know, of... Um, of thinking that God's love excuses you. No, it does not excuse mm. you. Um, there mm. is something in a, in a Catholic theology. You cannot sacrifice two values. You can't sacrifice one value for the other. For instance, you cannot sacrifice mm. justice for mercy. You cannot mm. sacrifice uh, um, you know, mercy for justice. That's why mm. at the last day, there's going to be judgment. You know, It, it doesn't mean that those mm. who will go to hell are not loved by God, it's those who forgot about judgment and don't do what they are supposed to do. But while we are here on earth, Romans 5 is it was why we were still sinners that Christ loved mm. us. Mm. Why we loved were still us. Look at the way the prodigal son was received when he came back. Look at, look at just look at what the father didn't even, as a the Catholic priest, you know, when you come for confession, I must give you penance. <laughs> the father just mm. received. Mm. Mm. And restored him. Mm. And that's Jesus teaching us about mm. God's mm. you know, and God's love. So there is nothing you can say. There's nothing you can say about God's love that is uh, that 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 will even exhaust it, you know. Just that it is not a license, mm. it is not a license for all to sin. Mm. No, it is not a license. Grace is not license for sin. Mm. God's love is not license mm. for sin. Mm. Like that is mm. a pervert. In God's love, mm. you know, God's love. Mm. Saint Paul says in Ephesians, I think chapter four, he said that you may know the depth, the length, the breadth. He say, and knowing that which is beyond knowledge, just knowing a bit of God, I say you will be fit to the brim. Brim. You will be fit. Brother, we can't exaggerate God's love. It's beyond exaggeration. Mm. Mm. Beyond we can't exaggerate God's love. We can't exaggerate God's love. Amazing. I'm going to follow through another question, which is, you know, you said something about the difference between, there's a thing about Christians need to be believers, not fans. Oh, you know, yeah. Yes. 
I really love, please, can you share a bit of that? I really love that, the idea that many people come to church because they love this pastor or that priest. Or, or like yourself, there are people who love your messages and love your personality and listen to you. I mean, just watching here, there's a Muslim who has said, I'm a Muslim, but I listen to your messages. There are people from across the world. There's somebody from the United States, people from Qatar who are watching you. You are actually a global star, essentially. But then you are preaching this message about, look, you don't come to church. Why do you come to church? Do you come to church because you like this pastor? Do you come to church because you like the music? Or do you come to church because you believe? You are truly a believer in God. Um, can you delve a bit more into that message, number one? And how do people make a difference? Because, to be honest, to be able to come to church, you are often attracted by the message that a man shares. How easy it, is it? For, you to, for people to separate the man who is teaching or the woman who is teaching from the message that is being taught? It's very difficult. You know, we are human. We are mm. emotional, you know. Mm. And uh, it, it can happen to any of us. Even me right now, as I speak to you, there are as <laughs> evangelists I like to listen to and not the other. And then my mm. friend will tell me, hey, I like this person. And I'm wondering in my head, how can you even like this person? Let me just give a two example. Yeah. I watch... Uh, Ismaya. I watch uh, um, T.D. Jakes sometimes. I watch Bakari. Uh, uh, right. I people sing the praises of Joel Austin. And right. I'm like, what are you talking about, Jesse? The guy is too dumb for my liking. You know, stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like I, I don't like him. No, know, of course, I get you. I, I will follow him. You know, I won't yes. watch him. But I will watch yes. Joyce Meyer. Yes. I can watch uh, uh, Creflo Dollars. Not necessarily right. that I, 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 not necessarily that I agree with everything they preach, you know, they because teach, there are some things yeah. that doctrinal price. So we are right. human to that extent, you know. Right. But when you become a fan, is when you are so attached to a particular gospel minister that it is not what he says that matters anymore, but who is saying who is it. it? Yeah. So he's even wrong, and mm -hmm. evidence and statistics and data show that he's wrong, and people point mm -hmm. it at. You want to kill those people? You want to start putting all those messages? Touch not my anointed. Do my prophet no harm? Don't judge, mm -hmm. so that you cannot judge and stuff. No, mm -hmm. at that point you are no longer a believer. You have become a fan because a the fan. personality of the preacher is mm -hmm. what has covered you. No longer the message. You are supposed to look at the message objectively. But you are not able to do that. Mm. And St. Paul dealt with that in First Corinthians chapter 3. Remember the division in the Corinthian uh, church mm. when some say I am for Apollos, some say I am for Kephas, Peter. Mm. Some say yes, I'm you for mentioned Apollos. that. Yes. I, I about what the F, I, sorry, what mm. the U.S. are you guys talking about? You say, mm. who is Apollos? Who is Peter? All of us are just nothing. You know, they come and preach about it. I say they deliver between the light and the lamp. The lamp is just an instrument that carries the light, right? Light, yes. yes. Jesus is the light. Yes. Other preachers, priests, we are just the lamp. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Don't confuse the light with the lamp. And don't start worshipping the lamp instead of the light. So, mm -hmm. yeah, we shouldn't be fan And fans, they are saying anything without even critiquing when they should, you know? Uh, I think I remember making... Um, uh, this thing between Ronaldo fans and Messi fans. You know, for Ronaldo mm. fans, even if you know professionals in the world say that Messi is the greatest footballer, Ronaldo mm. fans will not say it. 
And even mm -hmm. if the whole professional say that Ronaldo is the greatest footballer in the world, Messi fans will not accept. So that's yes. different between fans and believers, you know. They just yes. follow without, uh, you know, questioning. They are, they are more, yes. they measure them more by their sentiments and their emotions. Yes. Yes. Christians shouldn't be like that. Well, how does the person, a Christian develop that capacity to separate the message from the messenger, separate light from lamp? Like, like I said, it's, diff it's, it's, it's a bit difficult, but we have the Bible there, and right. we also have an objective interpretation of right. scriptures. If there is a controversial issue, if there is an yes. issue in this, it is now on the person to read wider, make wider consultation. Don't take what right. your pastor or your priest has said about this issue. Make consultation. There are many sources where you can actually search, and when mm. you dig to see different perspectives right. I love that you say that father because you know I can see why you know some people worry that you get into so you, you talk about this are you permitted father to listen to Creflo Dollar and TDJ <laughs> are you you know is it <laughs> because I love what you say which is the truth and you know I remember that Bishop Kuka was, was with me uh, two weeks ago and he said the same thing which is that you know Read the Bible, read various sources, you know, use your intelligence that God has given you and consider a wide array of sources. No, but I'm sure for certain Catholics, they're thinking, eh, is Father allowed to listen to Bishop T.D. James? <laughs> well, like I said, I watch, I, 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 I watch them, but, you know, I'm a very, sometimes I'm even rigid in my Catholic faith right. uh, and belief, but, you know, I don't want to be rigid and uh, mm -hmm. not give room. God can use anybody. Mm -hmm. I'm, very, I'm a very avid uh, critic of the division in Christianity. But that does not mean mm -hmm. I can see something good in what God is doing mm -hmm. in the life. Mm -hmm. For some Catholics, it might sound um, offensive, mm -hmm. but it's not. The Pope sent a uh, sent message to the, uh, I think they carry, the Pentecostal churches were having their global gathering or something in the United States. Yes, yes, well, yes, yes, yes. Them, With some people, by the way, even doctors, yeah. you know, they, no, they didn't criticize, they doctored the video to show the Pope like an antichrist who was giving a false message, you know? I'm sure those were people right. who are not happy that the Pope sent a message. Yeah. Impress, yeah. Um, we may not agree, but love, makes us to disagree in uh, in harmony. Yeah. What do you think is the most important message, you know, that this generation should be hearing from the church? What do you think, out of all the messages, which one, what do you think is the most important thing people should be hearing? listening to as Christians or even just as people searching for God at this time? It is the message of salvation. It has not changed. As was mm. preached by the apostles, let's not think that problems started today. In the times mm. of the apostles, they had their existential problems. They had women who couldn't conceive. They had people mm. who were poor. They had people mm. who didn't have home. But you didn't see the apostles always on the pulpit honking that in the name of Jesus Christ, you will make it this and this and this and that. No, it is the message of salvation. Then the one that they could take positive action, they would. Acts chapter 4. 
that nobody lacked in the early church was not because the apostles were conducting miracle service or breakthrough. No, mm. it was without mm. mm. the message of charity. They shared mm. every. Mm. That was how the apostles dealt with poverty and need. It mm. was not compliant. Mm. A miracle crusades where somebody is promised uh, he's going to bring forth another. The apostle dealt with the issue of poverty through charity mm -hmm. and sharing. That is every church community have a robust system of reaching out to the poor. Listen, mm -hmm. social economic welfare is a global mm -hmm. it, it is not discriminating. You're not going to prosper mm -hmm. because you are a Christian will not prosper. Mm -hmm. No matter I don't believe in prayer, it's not that I don't believe in miracles, but Look, reality. Mm, like I would tell mm. people, his ministry. Did you ever see him turning any poor man into a millionaire in his ministry? Are you telling me he didn't have the power? But did he mm. do that? There's a difference between God can do everything and the things I'm God do. The scriptures hey, are there. Like so we can't keep preaching this uh, message of prosperity, making people think that their prosperity is dependent on the pulpit on the altar. No, it's a socio-political mm. economic issue. Let us face it there where it is. Mm. Whereas in the church teaches us how to be better human beings, how to endure mm. the things we can change, change the things we can, uh, we can, we can change, and make the world a better mm. place in the Christian value. So there should be more mm. on and salvation is not just when you give your life to Christ. Salvation is how you live out the values that Jesus taught every day in the office. If you are a Christian and you are denied promotion, how do you respond to it? That's salvation speaking. If you are a Christian mm -hmm. and you are promoted, earning 300,000 and not earning 700,000, what do you do with the extra? That is salvation. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not that you are hearing me say every day that you will be promoted, you will be on top and not mm -hmm. at the bottom. Everything mm -hmm. is going to Pray for people. Me, I pray for a good life. I pray for success and all. But the message must be the focus. People should come out of church challenged to be better than they have been. And let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. When conditions improve, expectation will also improve. And with the mm. improved expectation, mm. human mm. insatiability continues. This present mm. church is a million times richer than the church before. The present yes. people in this world yes. now, we are yes. a thousand times better than the people in the past. And yet, yes. we are still living like the whole, the, our, our period is the working. No, we are just quite mm. people. Now, if, you look, if you consider our condition mm. historically, you know that we are just quite people. And the issue is simple as that when there is an improved condition, mm -hmm. expectation mm. improves. And we expect increased expectation, the same frustration that people who were living in less, um, in less mm. conditions like yours, you are not going to be different mm. from them because they manage what they have. They didn't have big you now because you have different options and all of that. Your expectation has increased. And when you don't get them met, you are as frustrated mm. as people who lived when there was no electricity, when there was no internet, when there was no television, when there were no cars. Mm. You are not your life is not better than that because your expectation is higher than what they had. So the blessing for prosperity is in Genesis 1. And the Lord bless them and say, be fruitful, multiply. That's why anybody can prosper. Muslims can prosper. Buddhists can prosper. Mm -hmm. Unbelievers can mm -hmm. prosper. Christians can prosper. But for us as Christians, 
It is the quality of your life reflecting the Lord Jesus Christ that your church should mm. be given. You don't need to do any extra crusade for God to bless you there. You just mm. go there, God will bless the work of your hands, and then how you use it is also what is going to distinguish you as a Christian. Am I, am I saying that I don't believe in miracle? That's not what I'm saying. Right. This is powerful, Father. And I think it's so, it's so, it's so, it's so unfair that we have to end soon because there are so many questions in my head that I need to invite you back. Um, but you know, I was supposed to because we started late. I was supposed to go on to another conversation at eight o'clock, but I've texted them to say, please give me ten more minutes because I want to ask you some more questions. And one. And this thing you said is so powerful because there's a reason why Pope Francis is constantly talking about income inequality, about income inequality, about poverty, about, you know, the rich getting richer, you know, and the poor getting poorer, about uneven debt by richer countries, you know, about pollution. And it's really this thing you are saying, which is that, you know, you cannot, if it's a social political issue, then we should address it, we should address the social political structures that are keeping people in poverty. Yeah, we shouldn't pretend that it is a spiritual matter when we see bad governance that's leading people into poverty. And I thought that was, and also you mentioned about that thing about Apostle Paul and the way that the, 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 the initial church in the New Testament, the way they solved this problem was like creating communities of sustenance and provision. So people who were poor amongst them, they took care of them. The church became a self-sustaining institution. Um, and I know you are saying that you don't want people to misunderstand you, but does, does your heart break when you look at, we look at where we are now, where people think that a, a because you know, the Bible, I think in the book of Matthew says, God causes the rain to fall upon the Jew and the Greek, the sinner, you know, and the righteous. Does your heart break when you see some of the things, especially in Nigeria, because of the poverty that come from the poop, where people say you have to come for this crusade for God to bless you, you have to pay your tithe. I saw a message where you said, God will not penalize you if you give your tithe to the needy. How did you get to this place where people feel like they have to bribe God or pay God or be in the good graces of a pastor, you know, before they can be blessed financially or economically by God? How, how, what do you feel when that happens? And, and how do you emphasize this, this powerful message you just shared that it's not about going to perform for God that leads to wealth or progress for you? Well, like I said, first of all, it's my Catholic uh, upbringing, maybe because I have the privilege of being on the media, and it will now mm. sound like, uh, I'm not the one who is saying it, it's our Catholic, or we have what we call the social, Catholic social teaching. Right. On, yes. 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 That uh, these are issues that must be addressed frontally. You know, then like I said, I have, if you read the scripture, the New Testament, you don't see this model of um, breakthrough, uh, miracles in the scripture. Jesus was born poor. He lived a poor man, and that's a poor man. You know, even the rich guy who once came to him, what did Jesus tell him? In fact, I've told my people before, be careful, listen, coming to Jesus, yeah. Sometimes you can even come as a rich man and he'll make you a poor man. When Zacchaeus met Jesus, he did not become richer materially. No, he mm. became spiritually. And that's mm. even when his life became meaningful to him. He said, Lord, mm. everybody I have cheated before, I will give back. I will give half of my uh, 
my 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 word to the poor. That means mm. the things he had collected before, he gave mm -hmm. them out. Meeting Christ, mm -hmm. so the joy of the Lord takes a place in your life that no wealth can. So, mm -hmm. the danger of prosperity preaching is that you blind people from seeing the social political action and activism they should take to mm -hmm. deal with the structures in society that mm -hmm. make poverty to increase. When you let them think that they can make it just by prayer and by anointing and all of that, they become mm -hmm. lazy. They can all go out there and protest. If you call for a yes. protest now against yes. uh, unfair government policies, how many Christians will come out? Mm. How many will come out? But when you mm. call for a now of uh, how mm. you are going to break you, you will see how many, how many will be there, how the stadium will be filled. Meanwhile, but we have been mm. seeing this going on and going. And yet the poor as mm. we see get poorer and the rich are getting richer. So, richer. you know, we should address... Tell the people that God has given us the ability and all of that. I think he said, God has given you the power to get wealth. God does not give you wealth. He gives you the power to get wealth. And that power mm -hmm. sometimes in demonstration is in voting the right candidates. Is for those mm -hmm. who are believers in government, making the right choices, you know, destroying mm -hmm. any structure, whether it's social or political, that keep the board mm -hmm. down. And, you know, mm -hmm. for instance, in Nigeria, uh, we should talk, be talking about education, free education, and then uh, employment in government, this should be by merit and not by who mm -hmm. knows who. The next mm -hmm. minister is grooming his children to take over and everything is mm -hmm. said, you know, government building infrastructures and all. This is mm -hmm. how bring people out of poverty. Of course, it mm -hmm. will take you know? So I insist on that. And then I have spoken once that, a nation that pays only tight without paying tax mm. is not going to prosper like a nation hey. that pays um, tax. Mm. What is that happening? What is sustaining European economies? All these European mm. countries, where people even come to crusade grants to pray for visa to go? Mm. What is sustaining them? It is their tax system. And I said, mm. hey, hold your mm. government accountable. accountable. Our government account. I have paid my yes. tax. What do you do with it? You take to the street. We paid our taxes. Our taxes amounted to social amount of money. What did you do what with did it? You do with it? What did you do with the tax? You know, because that's exactly how nations that are prospering are yes. prospering. They pay tax yes. and they hold their, their leaders accountable and all of yes. that. And I will always say, I am not, I'm not in any way deriding people who contribute to the church. God loves a cheerful mm. giver. Mm. They give people, you know, God has a way of blessing people, but let's not abdicate our responsibilities. Responsibilities. Let's do what what uh, what we have to. Let's be like Joshua and Moses in. Um, yes. I think I them, see, when Israelites were fighting the Amalekites, yes. Joshua, uh, Moses climbed the mountain with two people holding his hand in prayer. Right? Yes. While yes. Joshua was fighting. Yes. They did not yes. Praying, okay, let's not fight. No, let's not do the fighting. And I'm sure they lost some Israelite soldiers at the fight, you know. So we mm. have two heads one for prayer, the other one for walking. We walk as if everything mm. depends on us, as St. Augustine we say, mm. and then we, everything depends on God. Part of mm. that work is to do the right God. thing, demonstrate, demonstrate, do your civic responsibility, and follow up duly. And then I think we are going to be, we are going to be fine. Wow. Thank you, Father. Father, you have to make me a promise that you will, we, will, we will invite you again and you will do this. Because I have 
so many other questions that I want to ask. Can we get all of us together here on this chat? Can we get a commitment that we will do this again? Because there are so <laughs> many follow-up questions and we didn't have a full one hour. Uh, I wouldn't mind, especially I would like to clarify, maybe there are some things I didn't say where well that might give people an right. impression, they might bring it. Yeah, yeah. maybe sometime, sometime we can sometime do this. Fantastic. Thank you so much. This has knowing those who are listening. I am sorry mm -hmm. this was done uh, somehow haphazardly. So my thoughts uh, were not well articulated. Just in case you find anything that is out of line, just send it to today and by God's grace, I should be able to trash them at some other uh, point. Thank you so much. I, I mean, I know, yes, people can send me the questions for him, but I, that I, we didn't, I didn't see any haphazard thinking. I saw so many things that, I, that, I, that my, my mind is moving and I want to just ask more questions based on that. This has been a fantastic session. Thank you for joining us, Father. Thank you. Thank, thank, thank you, you very much.